Hi, this is Andrew from Sydney, Australia. Welcome to Legendarium. Let's make some uh, nerds angry. I say, yeah, I, let's anger some people. I, I, I mean, <laughs> I'm going to anger all of you, I'm sure, and you're all going to anger me. Welcome back, everybody. Episode 113. Today we are talking movies, November movies. Uh, today, especially, it's Doctor Strange and Fantastic Beasts, both of which came out this month. Uh, but we'd better introduce ourselves. I'm your host, Craig Hanks, and over there, he's so old, it's Todd Wenty. <laughs> <laughs> yes, when they've gotten to be that predictable, that's how my life runs. <laughs> <laughs> and he's been binging hard on the new Gilmore Girls on Netflix, so we're lucky we even got him here. It's Ken Johnson. Hey, I can't believe Rory did that one thing and Lorelai said that. <laughs> Fast. 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 <laughs> And his life is a non-stop party, but it's one of those parties where no one will eat, eat the weird hors d'oeuvres. It's Ryan Bruckman. <laughs> and everyone's the designated driver. Oh, that's true. <laughs> uh, so, there are a few movies that came out this month. Doctor Strange and Fantastic Beasts are the two that I think we all saw, mm-hmm. yes? That's correct. Yes. Uh, and I, we probably saw some other ones between the four of us, but uh, maybe we'll get there. Maybe we won't. But I think we'll have plenty to talk about with those two. Uh Let's do Doctor Strange first. What do you say? Sounds great. Okay, yeah. Doctor Strange. I've got a little uh, recap. Just to let everybody know, um, this will be a very spoilery episode, so if you haven't seen these movies and you care, then maybe go watch them first. <laughs> uh, otherwise, if you do not care... I don't imagine many people who care about spoilers not having seen these films already. Right, By this right, point in time, I don't think so. I don't think so. Well, before my recap, I'll just remind everybody, patreon.com slash legendarium is where you can go to support the podcast. Uh, we are constantly looking for new donors so that we can make our podcast a little better. And also, it'll help us distribute it, get it out to more people, uh, which is kind of the goal because i mean we're awesome and i feel like we just need to share our gift with the less awesome world out there well we're already in the swedish prison system we'd like to get into their <laughs> other corrective facilities as well there you go. and the ones over in norway i hear yeah. they're looking for something uh all right so anyway let's get on with the thing all right dr strange Doctor Strange is a fancy pants neurosurgeon with a fancy pants car and a closet full of fancy pants. His life is derailed when he accidentally drives his car off a decidedly unfancy cliff and his hands are marred beyond all usefulness. Seeking healing, and after all medical avenues have failed, the good doctor packs up and heads to Nepal for some training with the Ancient One, who can teach him how to channel mystical powers from the multiverse, heal his hands, and also stop an interdimensional god from turning Earth into a Roald Dahl-themed 80s discotheque, which he does after a shockingly short amount of training. End of movie. That's my recap. Well, wow, you you don't have anything negative to say about this film. No, it's, uh, that's the thing. I I I get real snarky when I write these, um, and I I mean, I'm honest. I, there there were some problems with the movie, and I'm sure we'll get there. I really liked it. I had a good time. Uh, glad they made it and all that. But yeah, I mean, they're definitely. You can't tell me you went to that movie and thought, oh, that was perfect. There's nothing to snark on. Unless you're Ryan. <laughs> I didn't say there's nothing to snark on. I just said it. I think it's it arguably one of the best that marvel has done in the since the mcu's been out really the yeah. difference the difference in my opinion between uh snark worthy and snark a bull is 
how seriously the movie took itself and whether or not it made uh, a strong connection with the source material. And in this particular case, yeah, it's it's snarkable, but I don't think it was snark worthy. I liked uh, the film. I liked it. I liked it. I really enjoyed it, which uh, I didn't expect to because I, I didn't know much about Doctor Strange. I read comic books. I knew who Doctor Strange was, but his, his entire power set is nebulous and it, it's hard to define that especially on screen when you've only got a couple of hours i thought they did a pretty good job of it honestly and and they made a lot of it really funny they, i mean they brought they brought funny parts in where funny parts weren't supposed to be i not weren't supposed to be well but yes where, weren't supposed to be <laughs> there were yeah there were that but they made funny moments out of things that weren't necessarily funny moments like like uh the resolution for example where he goes to the the quantum realm and yeah catches him catches uh Dormammu in the time loop funny that was funny <laughs> that was good I that was a great stroke yeah I thought the uh the whole wi-fi password thing that joke was really forced and unnecessary you know there there were a couple of those through the movie yeah where it was I just got a like, kick there were I thought eh. they were funny I wish it wouldn't have been put in a trailer that's I, what yes. I was it in the yes. trailer? it was yeah it was uh, it was funny in the trailer so that in the movie oh. it was like hmm it that was a, that was a choice that that I think was poorly timed yep. on the the uh, advertising and marketing group. They should left they should have left that one out. I, I it really what it says to me is they were going. I want everyone to know that this is going to be a funny movie too, and not just Inception. Yeah. Um, Again. So, yeah, I think that. But was, it wasn't just because. Just because the city kind of folded in weird ways doesn't make this Inception. It had almost nothing to do with inception except for one visual aspect right i I don't think anyone will argue that but because that visual aspect is so strong that's where the comparison is going to sit but it's an unworthy and uncharitable comparison totally agreed totally agreed it's it's one for people who um didn't didn't watch the movie they saw bits and pieces of the movie and walked away from it before they gave it a chance to find out about it i would say what i would say that if somebody's going to say these two movies were very similar. It's oh, because they weren't paying they attention. Oh, okay, yeah. I got you. And probably weren't paying attention to either one of them. Uh, Ryan, what did you like about it? Why would you say this is one of the best Marvel has done? Uh, for for the first thing I'm going to say is that I did not find a weak link in the cast. That's true. I don't agree with this, that. That's something that every, sh- every one of them has had someone, for the most part, that's kind of been like, it's been fairly forgettable or uh, just generally not stellar there haven't been any really like absolutely terrible performances that i can recall um but so the first thing is your cast was all their performances were solid uh the script writing other than you know depending on your personal preference a few a few forced moments there i actually felt that everything was fairly clear and cohesive i didn't feel like the story got too nebulous i know ken kind of talks about his powers being nebulous or whatever but you're dealing literally with what nebulous would mean in terms of exactly i mean it is mystical realm yeah it is by definition you know very nebulous yeah so and the the balance that they strike in the story uh i should say that this is one of the best balanced films that they have done in terms of uh keeping a high level of uh what's the word i'm looking for here uh not risk but when there's a lot at stake um yeah, the stakes. stakes. <laughs> the stakes. The stakes are high in the in the story, um, and narrative tension. That'll work. Sure. <laughs> wow. <laughs> wow. 
they they maintain uh, a good balance between that, between the humor, between character development, um, because the one of the things is at the beginning, uh, Benedict Cumberbatch as Doctor Strange is just an insufferable, terrible, egotistical Prick. person. Yeah. yeah. Can you say that word? Can I say that word? Well, sure. You did. Oh, we've said, said <laughs> we've said worse. I, Prick. So it's, sure. it's just that's yeah. We, I mean, my nieces listen to this, but whatever. Oh, <laughs> thanks. I feel so much worse now. <laughs> he is, but that's that's the way he was. Yeah, I mean, and it fits. It so fits he actually when you has are, an arc, which is nice. Yes. Yeah, and when you get to the end, it's not that necessarily that all of a sudden he's this pious, you know, great whatever. He he still has that in him, and I appreciate they didn't totally get that, you know, cut that out of his character. But there's a realization to his decision, and it's everything's focused around his hands. Yeah. Uh, from the beginning to the end is this realization that there's something bigger than what he is and was and that realization changes him enough that I appreciate that and in many of the Marvel films there even your main characters story arcs are not always as that don't even go that far um, I would say that the probably the best example of, of good character arcs outside of this one is um, Iron Man Iron Man yeah. Iron Man thank you I said it exactly that way after Iron Man <laughs> Tony Stark's character <laughs> development throughout his series nicely done Craig nicely yes. done um, <laughs> that was a bit of inception on your part wasn't it mm. Thor like for example Thor to me doesn't uh, he grew one step when he changed from being I'm, I beat everything too I should think about things before I beat them and right. then beat them and then I'm, beat them. Yeah, and then, I, I'm not even sure it was one step <laughs> yeah well <laughs> Doctor Strange, it, it suffers from the same problem that, that Thor suffered from is, is that it's very difficult to adequately display the passage of time in a two hour movie. I mean, the movie itself was supposed to set from from when he's a, a neurosurgeon and an insufferable P. Rick. There you go. To, <laughs> to, to the point yeah, where that's he's, worse. Yeah. I know. <laughs> yeah. So, but to the point where he's the Sorcerer Supreme, it's it's like more than a year of passage of time. But it's, it's hard. Really? to Yeah. I did not catch that. I read it yeah. somewhere, but it, it's supposed to—it's <laughs> supposed to be, you know, it, it's I, time. The, the time thing has about, passed. The yeah. thing about this sort of thing is, I I go into them very much unaware of what the comics are uh, contain. Right. What's going on with the story? I I maybe I watched a trailer or two. I was familiar with this guy named Doctor Strange who's going to learn how to do stuff, but I didn't even know he's a neurosurgeon going in. I was really fresh, and so. Uh, but I, I pay attention. I mean, I, I right. I'd like to think I'm reasonably uh, intelligent, at least enough to catch when somebody says time passed. But I didn't catch right. any of that stuff. And yeah, this. it's well, the, that, if I remember right, the moment that that occurs in there is his appearance to his uh, wait waitress uh, <laughs> nurse. His waitress. His, yeah, <laughs> <laughs> to, his, to his nurse who's, who who. Uh, Rachel McAdams. Rachel McAdams, whose the character name escapes me at the moment, but yeah, she makes some comment about or been, they they've been some, gone for a, you've been gone for a year or something like that. She makes some comment about uh, that, okay. and showing up. so it's it's something that isn't really you know they don't do a, a subtitle at the bottom saying one year later. I think yeah, my but. my problem with the passage of time in this movie is that he's I I kind of understood that he had been there for a while. He's doing the training thing in the courtyard, uh, and he can't get his ring to work. He's not making the little magic circley thing. And then she does the bit where she strands him on the mountain, says, you want to survive? Learn. Right. Mm -hmm. And he does, and he gets back. But that's like the beginning of him kind of not mastering his abilities, just barely learning to control the most basic thing. Mm -hmm. And then it was like that day the world exploded. 
and between between when he got back from the mountainside and when he was chilling with Dormammu, it was like he was the master supreme of all these magical powers. It I, was a little weird. Right. I think you may have... Uh, there's one sequence that, to me, showcases why he's able to master so quickly. Let's mm. see if you picked up the same way that I did. It's When he's able to astral project, you see that he's reading books even while his body is sleeping. That's sure. the spot. projections there. Yeah. Showcasing that he has never stopped learning. And he's got the, like, he's got the, I don't know if he has photographic memory or not, but. I think he said. Something like I that. Do, that I, but I he's gone one. through and he's gone through all, like, all of these books and learned so much. To the point where he's able to read the spells in uh, the book that the the ancient one kind of keeps for herself. Mm-hmm. Like I, I didn't have a problem with his mastery because a his genius already pre-existing his pre-existing condition of being a genius, and his the fact that he dedicated so much time to study and he even makes a comment about that. I'm you know, I have to. How did I become a great neurosurgeon? Or the ancient one says something about how did you become a great neurosurgeon? He's like years stu- of study years and practice. Studying practice. And so it's yeah. the practice that I'm missing. I understood that he studied a lot, but I just didn't see him using his abilities enough right I, yeah. you know there was no training montage and it, yeah. I, yeah. I, I was gonna say and that it with, without a training montage or a big you know time passes you know, and I clip it, it's hard to it's hard to adequately you know the and and, and I'm and I'm with Ryan I, I I saw the when I when I saw him doing the astral projection reading while he's sleeping moment and when he was grabbing the different books from behind Wong uh-huh. um, which was a which nice was, Easter egg. that was really fun yeah. um it was it was a fun moment but it was it was really the the showcase of the fact that all of this is um, intellectual and confidence based. Um, and once he's once he understood the material and developed the confidence to use it, then it comes naturally to him because of who he was, how he approaches the process. Mm-hmm. So that's I bought it. I, that yeah, sure. that was my. But then I'm the fanboy, so I'm supposed to buy it. Yeah, and you. you. You went in knowing some of that stuff. Well, and I went in, I I think this is one of, this is, I I agree with Ryan that this is one of the films that I think Marvel did right. And they didn't just do it right as a fun movie because I think it was a, it was a, it was a fun film. Um, It may not have been, uh, it may not have been a deep uh, treatment of the, of the source material and all those kinds of things, but it was a fun movie. I think anybody could go. My wife went and she enjoyed it, which speaks volumes for how well this movie was. Um, but I went in and saw enough uh, adherence to the source material that as a fanboy, I would say, yep, they did a they did a better job with this one, with this adaptation, than just about any of the other ones they've done with the exception of Captain America. Um, I think even Iron Man's uh, origin story and beginning processes were enough removed from original fanboy stuff that there were... It was a little distracting for the likes of you. There, there were there were enough moments that I went, mm, really? Well, okay, whatever. Um, mm. I, I, you know, again, I enjoyed Iron Man when it came out. It was it, it, they they did a wonderful job. But this one, I feel like their explanation of multiple realms, uh, their their beautiful setup of uh, the relationship between Mordo and uh, Stephen Strange, um, and the and the important role that he plays within the marvel universe the mcu uh i think was was expertly done uh for a fanboy's taste but also done well enough that it sets the stage nicely for the rest of the mcu well and i coming from i can't call i can't say fanboys on my side of things because 
my experience with Doctor Strange is essentially reading a Wikipedia page when they announced that they were going to make this film, saying, okay, who is this character? I have seen him. You, you know, and I, half of the people who saw the movie. Right. I mean, yeah. We laugh, let's, but... Let's, let's, say, let's so, say maybe three-fourths. Like, yeah, like, I'm, I'm aware... I've read who he is. I've read uh, a little bit about his placement in the Inf Infinity uh, Stone series, but I've never... You know, I've, I know nothing about him outside of that, and... I'm catching most of the things that Todd caught, so I I don't know what the difference would be in experience there, just because it's I don't feel like this one. I, I don't feel like you had to be a fanboy to capture capture important pieces in this story. I'll, I'll give you a couple. I'll give you a couple that are that are interesting um, fanboy pieces in the way that they that they dealt with. If 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 this is the right time to talk about it, one of them is the cloak. Um, the yeah. the cloak. I had no was... idea it was sentient. <laughs> Yeah, it's, uh, it's it's not supposed to be at least not in the comics it wasn't the cloak that does it it's the amulet um yeah. and uh the amulet being and and they i think if i'm remembering correctly they revealed that the amulet is one of the infinity stones mm -hmm. the stone inside the amulet um yeah. and and stone. and that's a piece that um again was not necessarily part of the original uh, original layout that's something that they're that they're capitalizing upon uh, as they try and position things for the for the upcoming Infinity War series, mm -hmm. um, uh, but those are those are things. His um, his obvious connection to Mordo is is one that as a when when Mordo shows up at the very beginning, uh, that's a nice little. That's a light, nice little opportunity if you're a fanboy to go. Oh, nice. yeah, I have no clue what you've been talking about <laughs> at all. So, Mordo is actually Strange's arch, arch nemesis. nemesis in, yeah. in most stories, but in this case, he was started out as an ally. But I get by the end of the movie, he's oh yeah, he's absolutely opposed. But he's opposed on a it turns into what Ken might call a d ick. <laughs> <laughs> Indeed, um, and his line at the end of too many sorcerers. Um, sets it up nicely for conflict between Strange and Mordo, but it's not necessarily um, the the conflict that exists in the comic world. That's that's the one that I would say is a major departure from uh, from what typically is is going on in the in the fanboy side of things versus mm -hmm. the Marvel comic universe. So speaking of the Marvel Cinematic Universe, which we've talked about, we mentioned a few films. I know we all have our rankings <laughs> of the fourteen. Uh, oh, MCU yeah. movies, but so I want you guys to pull those out. But before we get there, let's finish up talking about this movie. And uh, I just have a couple more points that I wanted to bring up yeah. stuff that I actually really liked about the movie. Um, first of all, I loved the the kind of philosophical core mm -hmm. at the heart of the movie, which was you may know a lot, but you don't know anything. Yeah, and yeah. you need to be humble and teachable. You need to be willing to learn, and if you are, then the mysteries of the universe can be opened up to you. I feel like there's something there uh, for all of us. It was a nice level three moment. Not yeah. very many movies go to level three, and this one had a moment. And it was kind of, well, it was, it was, like I say, it was the core, because that's the whole point of his character, mm -hmm. is learning that humility. Anyway, so that was a nice bit. Uh, Rachel McAdams' character, they didn't give her enough to do, which was too bad, but I did notice... Uh, it must have been, you know, two-thirds or three-quarters of the way through the movie. I was really glad that they never tried to sexualize her, mm -hmm. uh, which is something yeah. I really appreciate. She was a, a a very capable, professional woman doing her job, and that job turned out to have something to do with the plot of the movie, and uh, and that was great. So they didn't try to shoehorn in some sort of, like, 
uh, party scene where she put on a slinky dress and there's no sex scenes. There's no, you know, mm-hmm. sometimes those things, when they shoehorn them in, they get really wearisome. Yes. And I feel bad for the actress. Yes. Uh, but in this case, that was good. I and wish they'd the given audience. her more. I wish they'd given her more, but uh, whatever. Yeah, that was good. Now, the last thing that I want to bring up, there was some controversy around Tilda Swinton's character, the ancient one, mm-hmm. which apparently in the comics is a wizened old Asian man. He's an old, yeah, he's a he's an old man. Kind of a really stereotypical... Um, ancient one. Mr. Miyagi, that's aged right. 40 year, 400 the, years. The blind, right. the blind Shaolin master in Kung Fu. Exactly, yeah. Anyway, so there was some Snatched controversy from my because... Head. And it was... Uh, I have to give some props to Marvel because they were in a sort of damned if you do, damned if you don't situation where if they cast it the way that it's portrayed in the comics, then they get accused of stereotyping Asian culture and blah, blah, blah. an incredibly male-heavy cast because she's pretty much... Right, other she's, than Rachel McAdams, yep, she's like yep. the only other female character. And then, but then on the oh, other hand, they cast Tilda henchman, Swinton. Yeah. They cast Tilda Swinton, and then, oh, you whitewashed it! How dare you! And I, I just, I discount that sort of thing. If if the movie is good and it holds up and the character is compelling, good on you. I, you know, I don't care who plays it. And I thought yep. she did a great job. They wrote the character well. She played it uh, off the charts. Uh, well done. Yes, and, so and, they, and they encapsulated the decision. <laughs> they made, you know, they justified the decision inside there without it feeling too. I'm sure there will be people who argue this, and I, you're not the type of person I'd want to argue with anyway, most likely. But I mean, they explained, they they gave a reason for her being, you know, she's Celtic. It's that, and it's like, okay, oh, right. it it fits to what you're doing. It did. They didn't have to make a big deal about explaining it away or anything. It was just he makes one comment that, oh yeah, she's, you know, all we know about her is that she's, she's like, Celtic. She's she's been around. And she's been around for a long time. Yeah, like that's it's like okay, longer than all of us. It makes sense. Which the one that's one thing about this film uh, that I I really appreciate that they take the time in very short uh, sequences to make things make sense in relation to our world. For example. How are they able to do all these things, have these epic battles and nobody sees them? The mirror dimension. Mirror dimension. Yeah. It's a very simple just little shift. Everything happens in there. You can't affect what's happening in the in reality when you're in the mirror dimension. Like I appreciated the fact that that was there because we're not I'm sitting here going, while New York has seen plenty of aliens and stuff that they're dealing Th- with. This would be a bit much. We're, we're starting to get to the point where it's ridiculous. So, <laughs> yeah. You know, I appreciated it. I appreciate little details like that that make the that made this work for me so well. Speaking of the the building bendy stuff, the Inception stuff that we mentioned, uh, I gotta say it, this is one of my criticisms of the movie. I wish they hadn't opened it with that. It was definitely an yeah. exciting opening scene, but when we got further into the movie and they were doing their more quote unquote normal fight scenes mm-hmm. where you know they're using their little rings and like whipping each other with energy stuff like that was really cool but by the time i got there i was like boring bend some cities in half let's <laughs> yeah, go yeah. you know uh so if they hadn't opened with that if they had built toward that you know really mind bendy stuff i think it might have been more effective i i always wonder when i see that kind of stuff um from a from a production standpoint um being being an actor, having done some some stage directing, having looked at scripts, um, I I wonder how much of it is, um, how much of it is the writer's choice, how much of it is the producer's choice, and how much of it is the director's choice. How how where does all of the, where do all of those mm-hmm. pieces fit together? And where does one of the where does Kevin Feige come in and say? Is it Feige? Yeah. It's, all right. 
I'm used to Paul Feig, I guess. But, yeah, Paul Feig, but Kevin Feige. <laughs> but Kevin Feige. Uh, it, does does he come in and say, no, every one of these movies has to start huge, and then right. you know it has to it has to crescendo this, from there. This is like the quintessential Marvel formula yes. movie. Yes, it was it, very down to a T. Uh, yeah, well was, executed. Sure, sure, but predictable yeah. formula. That yeah, that's exactly it. The the execution was great. I thought every character or every actor was was fantastic. The Tilda Swinton argument, the the I think the the best way to to argue that from a merit-based standpoint is just go out there and be good at it and she was fantastic. Yeah, she I'm not a fan job. of Tilda Swinton, but she was outstanding in that role. Uh, I think role. she's great. She probably, uh, yeah. Do we want to rank some movies now? Sure. Uh, do you guys have anything else you let's make some, we've already, let's make some uh, nerds angry I say yeah I, let's anger some people I, I, I mean <laughs> I'm gonna anger all of you I'm sure and you're all gonna anger me I was gonna say the but, last the last thing I liked about it was the uh, scathing uh, the, the the scathing uh, cautionary tale of, of uh, texting while driving you know because I mean that's <laughs> oh. yeah, yeah. <laughs> don't text while I do driving have, I do have a question for Todd really quick that maybe you can answer um, this the world that stranges the the acid trip in the movie basically oh yeah 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 his yeah. trips through all of the dimensions so we have seen something like that before in ant-man yes are we dealing with the same concept here or is it a variation is it a different piece so what do they call it in they call it the quantum realm oh yeah and i swear they said that phrase in this one but i couldn't remember and i remember him going through it going is this the ant-man stuff am i connecting these now because this is like phase what is this three <laughs> phase, yeah. phase yeah. three is so, this where phase three is leading us into the quantum realm adding that piece so in the in the marvel comics universe um the idea of the multiverse um, is is pretty sweeping and you can have several points of entry into other dimensions and not all dimensions are equally accessible depending on the character dr strange is one of the few characters that can access all of the different dimensions that are that are portrayed and de and and demonstrated so whether you're talking about an an alternate uh hell type environment uh, where the demons rule and reign, whether you're talking about Dormammu's dimension, which is totally different from uh, anything that else that we're dealing with, the quantum realm, the microverse. I mean, all of these different places have been explored by Marvel at different times for different reasons with different characters. Um, and and Stephen Strange has the ability to go to any of them. So my, my, my guess is that we will find out later if we get the opportunity to that what Tilda Swinton was doing with or what the ancient one was doing with Stephen Strange at that moment was showing him all of the different places that he may or may not have influence in. And so that's part of why he when he comes back, he's his mind is blown. He's so exhausted because uh, do you remember in uh, the movie Contact? She. Uh, yeah, I've banished that one. Yeah. Oh, really? Yeah. <laughs> um, the 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 same kind of idea of multiple places going very very quickly, going going, to, mm -hmm. changing your changing your perception of time. Um, I think they borrowed that idea for that particular piece of the film, uh, and I think that that's what we're going to find if we explore that, if Marvel chooses to explore that in the future. And I anticipate that they'll explore at least part of that in conjunction with the Infinity War. So. Ah. Does that answer your question, Ryan? Enough. All right. Uh, film rankings. There are 14 Marvel Cinematic Universe movies that started with, I want to say, The Incredible Hulk. Iron Man. And then The Incredible Iron Hulk. Man. 
Oh, did well oh, was that before yeah. Hulk? So okay. there was there was one Hulk before, but that doesn't right, right. That one, we, don't, that one. we don't count that one. No, right. they don't Ever. count that one. So anyway, like said, nobody counts that. We, we do. <laughs> the Edward Norton one does count though. <laughs> yeah. Let's uh, so th- let's very quickly. I don't want to. I don't don't want to take too much time to boo and hiss and cheer and everything. <laughs> but everybody rank yours, and then maybe we'll talk about our like top three and bottom three. Uh, but Ken, go through your fourteen real quick. All right, from fourteen to one. Uh, Thor the Dark World, Incredible Hulk, Thor, Iron Man 3, Iron Man 2, Doctor Strange, Ant-Man, Iron Man, Captain America, Captain America Civil War, Avengers Age of Ultron, Guardians of the Galaxy, Captain America Winter Soldier, and number one, Avengers. The first Avengers. Really? Yep. Todd. So I did mine different. I did mine Oscar style um, because I just couldn't bring myself to oh say. Oh my gosh! I'm to, sorry to do what we asked you to do. You, you know, <laughs> you know me by now. Yeah. You know I'm always going to find a different way to do things. I am the James Kirk of our group. Dick. Um Thank you. I appreciate that. I'll wear that with pride. Um, for for me, my most fun was Iron Man. My most thoughtful was a tie between Winter Soldier and Civil War. My most enjoyable was Ant Man, and my most satisfying has been Avengers. Okay, what's the crappy one? Uh, Thor the Dark World. Okay, what's another crappy one? Uh, Thor the Dark World. Oh my gosh. <laughs> Ryan, go. <laughs> All right, from top to bottom, I will say the starting... So, so best best first? Best to, best, okay. best to worst. Uh, Winter Soldier. Nice. Guardians. Avengers. Doctor Strange. Iron Man. Cap 1. Uh, Civil War. Ant-Man. Iron Man 3. Thor. Age of Ultron. Iron Man 2. Dark World. And Incredible Hulk. Nice. You're okay. crazy. I don't... <laughs> I'd agree with the Incredible Hulk. He's toward the bottom. Uh, we can pretty much all Incredible Hulk and Dark World are and the two the worst. The two, yeah, they're the two Marvel anchors. films. Oh, I well. Uh, okay, Craig. Yeah. Okay. So again, starting best <laughs> from best to worst: Guardians of the Galaxy, Iron Man, Winter Soldier, Avengers, uh, Age of Ultron, Doctor Strange, Ant Man, Thor, Captain America One, Iron Man Three, Captain America Civil War. Thor 2, Incredible Hulk, Iron Man 2. Wow. Captain America Civil War, you really put that far down? Yeah, I hated that movie. Really? Uh, I, there were, th- and with all of these, I would, including Iron Man 2 and Incredible Hulk and all that, there are things about it that I'm happy to say, oh, yeah, that was well done. I enjoyed that thing about it. Yeah. But, but yeah, I hated that movie. Huh. Yeah. Interesting. It was bad. Okay. Very, very, yeah, well, whatever. Anyway. I, uh, I won't get too far into that because I don't want to make Ryan bleed on my table. <laughs> <laughs> no, I, I get it. I get it. Some of us just have bad judgment. It happens. <laughs> yeah, I know. I, I heard your list. <laughs> so It's fun to watch you two go back to your junior high days. <laughs> no, I, get, I remember our discussion about Civil War. You can go back and listen to our podcast where we discussed the Civil War and its, its merits and issues. And <laughs> I think your biggest issue was that there were no stakes in that film. And you said that. There was nothing. Mistakes. Yeah. <laughs> it was one of the biggest issues. Is that uh, that you, you knew everyone was going to be okay in the end. You know, they're, they're all pulling their punches. And so like, there wasn't really that. No, I get that. I get yeah. it. I still think the emotional connection in that film is worth is worth ranking it higher the, than, than that. I think so. The too. final scene when Tony Stark and, uh, and Steve, Steve Rogers are kind of facing off in that Russian wintry tundra facility. Yep. Mm-hmm. That was a great payoff with no setup. Um, it, mm. it, it was a great scene. It was supremely well acted. It was well written. I just hated how they got there and the stupid red herrings and the stupid pulling the punches and all that. So, like I said, there are things about all these movies that I like, 
but I just felt like this, uh, that particular movie was not very well executed. Hmm. Anyway, but like you said, Ryan, we've already talked about Civil War. I think we can leave that behind. Mm, absolutely. Um, anyway, so... Uh, we had some of, I mean, across the board, I think all of us had in our top, at least in the top five, or at least I think most of us were top three, was like Guardians and Winter Soldier. Yeah. yeah. Um, as really highlights of the Marvel, of, of the MCU. And I think that just speaks really highly to... Uh, this, the stories that they're telling in that, which is really surprising for Guardians. Uh, Agreed. Yeah, yes. it's simultaneously, Agreed. I felt like it was simultaneously really predictable and paint by numbers, but done just differently enough. It's like the the colors that you're painting by numbers with were so different and interesting mm-hmm. that it made it okay. It, and it, and obviously it was well acted and well written, but uh, yeah, something about it. I don't know, the, the design even was fantastic i'm curious to see what guardians 2 is going to is going to deliver um we've i've i felt the same with avengers avengers was avengers was fun it was a it was a satisfying romp um the second avengers film not so much um and while i while i certainly enjoyed it um from 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 the standpoint of of film that I would say, oh yeah, I think they did everything right the way that they were supposed to. I walked away from it saying, mm, you know, there were some things that I think could have been executed differently, better for my personal taste. I loved the film. I thought they did a great job with yeah. it, but there were, th- and there were moments that were done really, really well. Um, but, but pretty much all of these, uh, pretty much all of the films that have gone on with the exception of Captain America's arc, uh, the second film has left us all kind of going, hmm, did we, did we miss something? Was there something that we should have caught a little bit differently? Um, and, and winds up being uh, a, a fairly weak offering in the story arc. Um, Thor of the Dark World, Iron Man 2, um, as I said, the second Avengers film. Uh, in my opinion, left some pieces dangling. Um, I'm I'm interested to see whether or not they're going to fix that for Guardians and make it a much more cohesive, uh, compelling piece. And I think that's going to have everything to do with whether or not they tie everything together with the Infinity War and how closely that's tied together. Well, I think Guardians especially has to have a bigger picture element to it because because of the Infinity War stuff, I think that's where we end up seeing the sixth Infinity Stone. I think no. that's... Ragnarok. Oh yeah, 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 yeah. Thor Ragnarok. You're will right. Be the that comes before. Yep. It's it is well. We're gonna see most likely the Soul Stone in Thor Ragnarok yep. because they've already cast someone who is playing Lady Death or something like that. And if again, it's, Wikipedia yeah. research when they say, "Hey, we're doing this." It's uh, I had the name and now Kate Blanchett. That's who. It yeah, is. it's her character. Yeah, she's um, playing the big bad in Thor: The Dark World. Which hey, props to Marvel, bad that, guy, girl, you know. Is that Hela or yeah. Lady Death? It's Hela. He's isn't playing Hela. Hela, but they're. I think they're associating the, them together. They're going to put them together. I think so. Well, that's I'm not sure exactly, but basically the whole thing is to give uh, what's his bucket, pink, purple face, um, <laughs> Thanos, uh, a physical person to actually be. This is after. This is one of those moments where we really you need were, live stream. You <laughs> remind you remind <laughs> me of a Saturday Night Live sketch. The way you describe people. Yeah, purple face. So, but my but my point. My point being that uh, Guardians 2 needs to have a little bit more big picture stuff, mainly mm-hmm. because that's going to be, well, they're in the galaxy. It's going to be a large scale setup mm-hmm. to Infinity War, but also uh, Guardians 1 didn't have a whole lot of setup. And that's part of what made it fun, I think. It, it gave you an Infinity Stone, but it was it was light. 
in most parts it was fun it was it was comedic and that was the kind of the departure from the rest of the the Marvel Cinematic Universe and that was what gave it its its allure and for having being a cosmic section it had a very human recognizable element which is one yeah. of the things that like the Thor series I think mm-hmm. suffers from is because yes. we're dealing with essentially what are gods to us to to humankind essentially uh, we lose a, a, a an ability to connect with them a lot of times Agreed. and with Guardians, even though it's in a setting that's outside of us, it's very familiar. The same way that we feel the familiarity of being, you know, in like Star Wars or something where you're in this cantina, this dirty, run-down place or whatever that, you know, it's there's a recognizable aspect to that. We've and, all been in truck stops before. Yeah, and then, and the one caveat to everything that we have said here so far is that I would argue that with an exception of maybe three of these films, you can sit down and enjoy any one of these as just entertainment. Like it's, they're not bad movies. We're arguing quality on a high, pretty high level. With again, like maybe three exceptions. Well, I, I agree. Heck, I think either. What, uh, now that's an avenue I want to go down. What are your three exceptions? What, which of these are bad movies? Um, Dark World is my, even though it's not the bottom of my list, it is my least favorite to watch. Um, least favorite, even compared with with Edward Norton's Incredible Hulk. There's I I haven't really watched Incredible Hulk recently. It was on TV a little while ago, and I actually watched a few minutes of it. Because as much as I like Edward Norton, I really, really hated that film. Yeah, I didn't care for that film at all. I thought Tim Roth was ridiculous. I, the uh, it's it's freaking Hulk. Yeah, of course he's ridiculous. They're all ridiculous. It's a ridiculous premise. No, but of I, a ridiculous story. But I think Tim Roth, as an acting performance, I will not have you ridiculous. impugn the good name of Tim Roth. I like Tim Roth just fine. I think he's a fantastic actor, very versatile. But I just think I think Abomination was the wrong was was the wrong enemy to I have think, there. I think Abomination was the wrong enemy. Anyway, that Blonsky. Anyway, I think anyway is the right word to insert. <laughs> anyway, <laughs> all right, fine, whatever. I yeah. you guys lost I'm me. With I, you. I'm with you. I just want for people listening. <laughs> you guys, can if, all you, it. if you, if <laughs> you, wow, <laughs> if you tuned out for the last five or ten minutes, don't worry. So did I. This has me remembering our Star I Wars feel like episode. We're okay, so we're almost forty minutes in. We should probably talk about Harry Potter. But well, do we have anything else to say on the Marvel stuff, or are you guys have you said your piece? Marvel is a far superior uh, movie-producing entity than DC. There you go. Okay. Wow. Go, going with the controversy yeah. there, Ken. <laughs> I'm, I'm glad, I'm glad that better. Marvel has figured out how to do um, stories that interconnect. Uh, for, those that have been, for those that have been also watching Agents of S.H.I.E.L.D., um, you'll recognize that there are lots of tie-ins between the television series, the movies, and the comic books, and they're doing a wonderful job of connecting them all, which I think is part of what is adding to their real flair in the in the world of producing. And ultimate downfall, because when One Piece fails, it's all gone. It's it's that again. That Especially goes, the movies. If, that goes. If, that goes if back they have to the, three yeah. stinkers in a row. They're screwed. It goes. It goes back to the idea of I really hope that Guardians of the Galaxy two breaks the mold that they've had of being a real snoozer, right? Um, because there's while while it will be a, well it'll it'll be a fine film I'm sure and it'll be enjoyable I I really hope that they take the level up. Of course I'm always remembering Star Wars The Empire Strikes Back. 
the best sequel that was ever done because it was better than the first, and quite frankly, in many ways, it was better than the third. There are at least three film students out there that are yelling at you because about about that right now. At least three. At least three. At least three. Good. <laughs> welcome, welcome to their world. <laughs> Have you seen Godfather? I, that's what I was going to say. Godfather <laughs> Two was better than Godfather. Toy Story Two was better than Toy Story. Um, All right. All right. Yeah. Okay. Okay. Yeah. But I didn't say it was the only example, but I said it wasn't an example. Yeah. Anyway, sorry. Go ahead. Harry Potter, shall we? Yeah. Wow. Yeah. Do you have a, do you have a summary I, for that I one? I do. It's just as short as the other one. Don't worry. <laughs> <laughs> All right. Here we go. Wizard Newt Scamander, our supremely unconcerned protagonist, arrives in New York with a case full of magical creatures. Some of them are familiar from the Harry Potter series. Others are new to us. But several of them escape. Newt's task to round up the rascals... Uh, oh, to round up the rascals. And to do so, Newt must dodge Nomadge's Aurors and something that's killed a couple people, but which goes very poorly explained through most of the, and I'm being very generous here, story. The movie... (laughs) The movie is mostly a collection of loosely related scenes tied together by Eddie Redmayne and his castmates having a grand old time playing around in Prohibition-era New York. Rowling remembers somewhere around the start of the third act that there needs to be a story, so suddenly there's a huge black cloud terrorizing New York City by making some bricks fall down. Newt and his wizard pals save the day and unmask the villain. It was Mr. Withers from the amusement park, and he would have gotten away with it too if it wasn't for those meddling studio executives who made Rowling put some sort of tension in her story. The end. Pretty much. Once again, I'm pretty sure I saw different movies. (laughs) No, okay, and I, I'll give the exact same caveat that I did for the previous movie, which is, I had a great time. There were so many things about it that I liked, but ultimately, I'm a story guy, and the story was so lacking in this, it just, it hurt. What, it, tell me what story you did see. There was a guy who showed up in New York and lost some magical creatures, and then this thing started killing people, and they stopped it, and that was the end of the movie. Okay. What, that that, that was that was a thread within the story that I saw. I saw a little bit different story, I think. I I I, I agree. I you're not wrong. <laughs> it, it, <laughs> All those events did happen. Yeah. Um I think that the the utilization of finding the animals as a connection to the investigation that's going on into these mysterious deaths and and the I, and the larger issue within the magical community of Grindelwald. I I absolutely I actually did not feel that there was a disconnect in terms of the the story didn't show up until the end. My biggest issue was I wasn't sure where to focus in the story. And yeah, that, because that may be what led me astray. Say, that I, could be. That there could be. there was story throughout. It just it wasn't very substantive story. It was kind I, of. I think that it is. I I actually think that it is a substantive uh, substantive story. Uh, if I, I guess maybe it's maybe I'm maybe I'm putting it there because I want it to be there. Um, one of the biggest things about this so. film that I was concerned about is: are we going to? Are we? What are we doing that's different than Harry Potter here? You know, and I am a, I'm a huge fan of this one because I wasn't watching Harry Potter. Agreed. I was yes. watching something occurring in the Harry Potter world, and I appreciated that. And so that te- what that does is that says okay. I have no reference point right now by which to judge when we're in Harry Potter, everything's around Harry Potter and his connection to Voldemort. Like, that's that's my reference point. In this, I don't have a reference point yet. Yeah. So my reference point is Newt and the creatures and seeing the world through their eyes kind of right now. And so I 
I just, I was having a hard time focusing, especially when you were seeing these kids and this odd, you know, new Salem group or whatever. Mm -hmm. I'm like, I get it. I get you're supposed to be like our kind of a threatening uh, villain for this film. I don't think you're going to carry on beyond this. Right. Um, Knowing knowing what I know about this series, that we're building up, you know, spoilers to those of you who may not already be there. We're building up to the Dumbledore Grindelwald fight. Yes. The great wizard duel that that basically. I wonder how that one's going to end. Yeah. <laughs> Spoiler alert. <laughs> but well, they could invent a well, Kelvin ever, universe, right? Uh, it, it was fun. It was fun seeing you know magic in in uh, the new world, you know, and stuff, and going going a little bit into the past to to see just how you know America works and stuff like that. But it, it, everything about this story was just obvious. And it was kind of dull. Uh, let me let me go I mean, back to Ryan's story. point. Um, I think you really hit on something there, where where you talk about the original Harry Potter series being all about those two characters, Harry and his relationship to Voldemort. Uh, and you'll notice that in the very first chapter of the very first book, that's this. It's very obvious that's the story we're hearing. There's this mm-hmm. kid whose parents were killed by this guy. He's an evil wizard, and now. And, and then it, you're allowed to go on all sorts of tangents uh, and chase down these alleyways that aren't necessarily vital to that storyline because you know it's all about you're going to come back to that character and that tension. There was nothing like that here. And, and the only thing that you could have done was uh, at the beginning these magical creatures start to get out and I was kind of expecting that that would be the primary tension in the movie. But it, it wasn't so it wasn't it wasn't i I, it's it's just a bizarrely told tale the hint in the hint in this one shows up in a couple of different places Uh, at least it did for me one of them was all of the newspaper headlines that were going by Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. far too quickly for me to be able comfortable with it because i sat a little too close to the screen um but the other was uh a, a comment that said oh you were almost you were almost kicked out of hogwarts except for one teacher who uh, rallied to your defense. What does Albus Dumbledore see in you? And I think what what we have is um, an insertion of the idea that Dumbledore's army, uh, which we saw once before with Harry and Hermione and all of their all of their group running around, um, has has been something that's kind of followed through with Albus Dumbledore all along. And I think we're gonna. I, I and and for me that was the connection. Oh, Albus Dumbledore is still in the process of playing chess, so to speak, with the lives of his students, positioning them to make sure that the moves that are necessary to make in the future are ready and prepared. Well, I think if you take the, put yourself in a, in a screen, in a, in a, in the production team room here, and you say, okay, we want to tell this, we want to tell the story of the Deathly Hallows being discovered and, and found and get and deal with this. How do we do that without making this the Dumbledore series? Because the easy answer to this is we say we're doing five movies about Albus Dumbledore getting him up to that. So you say, okay, here's what we're going to do. We're going to tell that. That's the story that's going to be happening overarching through this whole thing. Mm-hmm. But we're going to have to do it from a different perspective, something that is constantly being pulled in and out of this other story um and so we we have this we have newt here and i'm i will be sort of interested to see where they go in the future because i think if they main if they maintain a a too much of a distance from the story we're going to have five movies that just don't connect well um but i think uh 
I don't know. I I I, I just didn't have the same problems uh, watching this one that, that you're talking about with. Uh, I I didn't have any f- problems with the fact that they're chasing down these characters and then or these creatures and the creatures end up being, you know, putting them in places where they they're ending up interacting with. Uh, essentially Grindelwald um, and, and this other story and the fact is, is that we have Newt who has an Obscurus already you know I, if any, if you want to talk about any points that were kind of convenient it's the fact that he has an Obscurus and that just happens to be what's dealing with this and I think they're setting right. that up to be the issue with, uh, with Dumbledore's sister that she has an Obscurus as but that's, well that, that's, every, that's every J.K. Rowling story I mean every Harry Potter book had one of those oh well that's convenient that that just happens to be there this year I think and that, I, don't, I don't mind convenience I don't necessarily mind it either it's just not surprising I think <laughs> one of the things that's interesting about this is that uh, and, and maybe it's because we're all coming to it from a, from a position where J.K. Rowling had that incredibly uh, full Harry Potter series and now we're getting stories that we've never experienced before except through the movies and so I have the feeling that there's uh, this is one of those places where I would like to have seen the director's cut because I'm wondering if there are bits and pieces that did not make it to the final theatrical production you can go find out that would have helped there, so, go to Barnes and Noble or Amazon you can buy the uh, original buy screenplay the screen play, yeah, so. yeah. Why not? Yeah, I, I ultimately, I just think she's a better author than she is a screenwriter. I'd buy, I'd buy that in a heartbeat. I would buy that. Um, but like I said, there were a lot of things I liked about this movie. Maybe we talk about some of the things that were great. I'll tell you, my favorite thing about this movie is Eddie Redmayne. That's funny because I thought he was charming, but if I have to listen to Eddie Redmayne mumble through four more movies, I'm gonna oh. drive myself crazy. I loved yeah, it. I liked him fine. He wasn't my favorite. My favorite was the kind of sexy Legilimens sister. She was hilarious. My favorite yes, that was, was the, funny. she ate that that movie up, man. <laughs> my favorite was what's his name, the Muggle Nomad. He, yeah, oh he my gosh! Funny. And then they, oh, they obliviated the best character of the year. He's oh. coming back. He's coming back. Oh, well, he's got to. I mean, she shows up at the end. That's that's a charming little love story. I like those two. I I liked Eddie Redmayne because, I, I like, the way that he plays, shy and awkward. Um, a lot of, uh, uh, I think that's a, I think that's a skill that for actors is, um, challenging. Um, actors typically learn how to be confident. They learn how to be strong. They learn how to be disciplined. They learn how to be decisive. Um, to have somebody who convincingly portrays shy and awkward and does it in a fairly lovable manner i really enjoyed it i'm not 100 percent it. sure it's an act though have you ever seen an eddie redmayne interview i mean he's kind of that way anyway and yep which makes him likable yep so. i don't know but yeah that was that was my favorite thing about the film is that harry potter as, as a as a harry potter character in fact just about every one of our uh in in most of the films that we've talked about today all of the main characters are strong they're decisive they're powerful all of these yeah. kinds of things which makes them to me, very unrelatable in some ways. Eddie Redmayne, shy, awkward, unsure, um, studious. Um, all of the, uh, to me, uh, and maybe perhaps because so I he's relate a nerd. to that. He, he's very much a nerd, very much a geek. If Harry Potter was told from the Neville Longbottom perspective, you right. would have this. Yeah, this yeah you'd have be. this kind of a story. Eddie and Redmayne as an actor's grown on me. I just wish he'd speak up and enunciate. <laughs> That's all. That's all I'm asking for. Did you guys ever see that episode of Friends when uh, uh, G- Gary Oldman shows up and he te- he's teaching yeah. Joey how to act? And he says, and when you enunciate, you spit. Spit on. 
<laughs> and they no, spit all I over did each not. other. not. It's hilarious. The pasta uh, paste. Ryan, you've been uh, a little bit quiet. What, what are your thoughts? You you really like this movie? I mean, you've justified my points, but uh, what, <laughs> what are what are some of the things? What, what are the reasons you like this movie so much? Uh, well, I already enumerated one: is that I I feel like we're getting a new story in sure. an existing world. That is that is a, a huge piece for me and a, and a major challenge for a studio to do because it is much easier to just milk the cash cow sure. with similar pieces than to create something new. And that's why I appreciate this and and Marvel and some of the other people who who are able to do this. Uh, to uh, the other thing is that um, from a visual perspective, this film is. It's it's beautiful, but familiar. Um, yes, you you didn't. I, I didn't feel like uh, when I was watching it that I, I just felt like I was coming back in. I felt I was coming back to a different portion of a different time of the Harry Potter world, um, and visually they kept that, and that that matters to me when you're trying to maintain maintain some consistency because they could have just as easily said, um, America, it's totally different and use some to a totally different palette totally different setups and uh the fact is i'm also very pleased with the fact that america was different um mm -hmm. they they did american society different i don't necessarily know that they got it square on but yeah. well that's it's a bit okay. it's, it's a bit like talking about uh, harry potter taking place in 1990s england how many kids in the 90s actually went to boarding school Mm -hmm. hardly any nope, i mean yeah. it it societally speaking yeah. it had little to do with the real world but it was familiar it was familiar enough to hold the story in place mm -hmm. i love seeing it for, or no go ahead keep um, i say i'll repeat your point when you're done <laughs> well i <I've, laughs> <laughs> you know, then you'll refute your own point because i love seeing it from an american perspective i mean i love seeing that that angle of it's like hey what was going on over here i like the way that we're out of school, so I all heard, of them. I heard Kevin hate, or Ken, Ken hates immigrants, no. and he wants to build a wall. It, it's true. <laughs> I want to build a wall around my yard, but it's still true. But um, I, I like I like the, the the just little changes. You know, no madges. I think it's a dumb word, but it's a very it sounds very American. Like oh, that's what an American would probably say, rather than muggle. You mm -hmm. know, which I like. Muggle. I like the fact that we're out of school, so all of the magic just kind of comes naturally to these to these wizards who have been wizards for a long time. So we're, we don't have to have any of this. No yeah, training scenes. No training, training montage. That is, a, that is a big deal. I love yeah. that. I will say the one problem I have with magic, though, is it's too nebulous and it leads to all sorts of inconsistencies. Like, why did you take a boat to America? Just you know, I, I port had key on over Just that. I did, I did too. She's got to sneak the guys into her apartment. Why? Apparate into your apartment. You guys, why are we going through this? You know? Yeah. It, one thing that generally the, the Harry Potter world lacks is firm lines on the edges of their magic. Yeah. Um, or those, those places where you, uh, we talk about in like Brandon Sanderson and stuff where you can, you can fuzz the line a little bit by doing this just a little bit differently, but that line is still there. Uh, Harry Potter doesn't really have that other than, I mean, even uh, there's the joke, even the, you know, we've, you can't go back and save somebody's life, but we're going to use the time turner to save Buckbeak. Right. Exactly. You know, moments like that. It's <laughs> it's the problem in, in literary writing, in fantasy writing, it's the overwhelming problem with soft magic. If, if your magic yeah. doesn't have, if your magic system doesn't have defined lines, if it doesn't have some kind of rules, then this is what you get. Yeah, it goes back to Brandon Sanderson saying the limitations are always more interesting than the powers. It is. And, yep. and that's the one thing that we never have very clear in 
in the world of J.K. Rowling. Speaking of saying things the way an American would say them, we got Todd over here talking about J.K. Rowling all day. Sorry. Nah, it's all good. I don't really care. Uh, You would have thought if anybody could speak English, it was you. I still call her J.K. Rowling. I don't want to say Rowling. Yeah, well, you're a prideful man, Todd. I am. Uh, Old and set in your ways. I think that's where it comes down. Not sure what you're talking about, whippersnapper. Are we good? Have we set our piece? What... um, I guess final question would be did, do you guys recommend both of these movies generally speaking? Absolutely. Yeah. To, yeah. to yeah. the right audience. No. Todd, yes or no? Yes or effing no? Yes. Okay, thank you. Gosh. <laughs> it's like every time I ask a question, Todd's got to be the one who's Modifier. like, well, on the other hand, rah, rah, rah. <laughs> and you love me for and it. from a contrarian <laughs> perspective. <laughs> <laughs> the answer to all entertainment and media is to the right audience. Well, sure. I mean, I, mean, yes. I get that. There's, there's very little admit, that exists. I, I saw another movie this month, and that was Arrival. And when I think about the differences between them, when when this was written, when Harry Potter was written and when, or, and made, and when, what did we just talk about? Doctor Strange. Both of these movies are made for the masses. Yes. It's yes. their lowest common denominator, denominator movies. And so it is, I think, perfectly acceptable to say, did they get it right? Did they do it well or did they not? I'll buy that. And if they did, that. then yes, you can generally give it a blanket recommendation. With Arrival, on the other hand, that's definitely one where I would say, if somebody said, should I go see it? I'd say, well, let's talk about your preferences in movies. And then I'll say, yeah, you should or I no, am, you shouldn't. I am anxiously... Yeah scheduling that one on and i can't wait to i i want to talk with you about arrival um but we really know that the only important one is coming out coming up in a few weeks yeah oh man stairways rogue one so yeah i'm sure we'll we'll talk about that later in december thought we blathered on a lot about the marvel (laughs) cinematic universe just wait just don't bother downloading that episode when we get to it (laughs) all right let's call this one uh we'll stick around for just a minute or two afterwards and i'll fill todd in on arrival and then we'll throw that on patreon for our donors who are level three dollar or above Mm -hmm. Uh, those folks will get access to i don't know five ten minutes of discussion on arrival and uh and then we'll see everybody next week so patreon.com slash legendarium go check us out there donate three or more dollars per episode and you get access to those behind the scenes audio clips and uh next week we're starting back into robert jordan getting into book two the great hunt uh and i think ryan has already read about eight of these books in a month so Oh my gosh, four? <laughs> You've read four? I'm in four. You're, uh, you're insane. All right, let's call wow. it. We'll see you guys all on the other side. If you didn't like what we said, go obliviate yourself. Yuck. Yeah. <laughs>